0: Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and the rest of you who have, when is this coming out, today?
1: Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Just making sure. Friday the 10th. I want to know that just to make sure because, uh, you know, we announced today the Lunatic Luau, Luau 20. This is Eat Sleep Podcast, repeat, FM 99 and the Fox's first and only wrestling podcast. And, uh, you know, FM 99 did just announce the Luau today, so I want to call everybody Lunatics. That was the
1: point. There you go.
0: Of getting to that long. Thing there, yeah, to. I had a plan. It just didn't wasn't as smooth as I had hoped it would be. Kind of like any uh, government project, there were a lot of turns and unexpected uh, moments. Any, and...
1: any wrestling storyline,
0: yeah, that's yeah, you're, you <laughs> no know plan. what, you're not wrong. <laughs> Eat sleep podcast speed FM ninety nine the first uh, and the Fox's first and only wrestling podcast. And you know we cover other things from time to time, which will come into play today. Uh, and there's lots of ways for you to follow along with us. FM99.com and 106.9. Oh no, I'm sorry, one zero six nine 1069thefox.com. That's how you get to those websites. Right under the media tab, ESPR links you to our, our most recent episode, which is on our SoundCloud. has our whole feed of, of shows there. But you can find us on all your major podcast apps. Just search ESPR Wrestling. Subscribe, please, and give us a five star rating and a review. It helps us move in front of other eyes and gets us out there and more listeners. And hey, the more people listening, the more we'll try. Um,. <laughs> And then, uh, of course, Facebook.com slash ESPR99 on the Twitter at ESPR99 and email us ESPR at FM99.com if you would like to get in touch with us. This week, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of wrestling news, stuff that happened this week. And then we're going to dive into, we've got an interview with a uh, UFC fighter, a gentleman that people who are fans of UFC will be familiar with, with, Mr. Joseph Benavidez. Uh, The guy has been fighting for a long time.
1: Yeah, long uh, career.
0: Really nice guy. Great talker. Super fun to talk to. Yeah, a really nice guy. Uh, he is challenging for the UFC flyweight championship. The uh, uh, that's I think that's one fifteen to one twenty five. Yeah, and he's challenging for that at the UFC Fight Night Norfolk event. That is going to be at the Chartway Arena on February 29th. Uh, it's a Saturday, by the way. Tickets on sale right now. If you want to go, uh, get yourself some tickets to that event. Go on over there and get do do that. But uh, so we'll kick things off right now with, I guess, the news. As the news music plays, it's episode 130, forgot to say that. I'm Sean, that's Dave. Hello, everybody. And here we go. we lunatics. I, yes, there you go. They're all <laughs> lunatics, Dave. Stick with that. I'm going to brand them that way for this week, and then I'll change it again next week. Um, it, it, one of the things I want to talk about right away is that there is a rumor floating around currently uh, that it seems like we might be about to see the end of Matt Hardy in the WWE again. He's expected, to, his contract expires in March, and he's expected to leave the company at that point. Um, not a huge surprise. No. Uh, his 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 main reasoning, apparently, at least with rumors to be believed, is the creative direction of his character and how they're going to use him and everything, and they don't seem like they have much for him. And if they don't, that's fine. They'll just go your separate ways.
1: Well, I, I think here is, okay, they did the whole delete thing. I thought it was great. You know, It would be great now if he got involved with Bray Wyatt. It would be really bizarre, more bizarre, I think, than it was then. Right. But I think it's, okay, we did that, and we only did that because we had nothing else for you and anytime we give you something, you know, you're never 100%. You're gonna, we're going to get some time out of you, but not all the time. Yeah. And, I mean, unless he was in a trainer mode or something, I, I mean, I think he's a great guy. I can't guy. see that's
0: what he wants to do, He at least not exclusively. I feel like he wants to be used as well as.
1: He's done great things, and, I, you know, if he ends up in AEW where he goes, eh, that's, that's all right. But he's, I do
0: think he has a great mind for the business. He'd yeah. be useful to wherever he is, uh, especially backstage. And I really – I don't I don't want to knock the guy. I just feel like at this point in his life his best match days are behind him. I don't yeah. feel like that I don't feel like I'm far outside the box saying that. I and agree with you. He would be best used backstage. I think he could have some matches, you know, do a limited schedule. But you're not going to be a featured part of the program most of the time. It's not, you know. I mean, that's the way it is. It's yeah. at this point in your career. I mean, we complain. It's so funny because we complain about guys eating up spots, you know, that are hanging on for too long, and this, that, and the other thing. But then when it comes to this,
1: it's like, oh, WWE
0: should use him better. You're aware he's in his forties, right? His 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 mid to late forties, and he, I'm sorry, and I don't say this to be mean. I think he's mid forties, right? Uh, uh, he is.
1: He is forty. He's gonna be. F- he is forty six this year. 46, 45 so, right? Yeah.
0: Now. Okay. So mid forties. Uh, I hate to break it to you. He's not an AJ Styles shape. No. who is in his 40s as well, but in a far different point of his, where well, his body's I, at.
1: I, I, I think because Matt has the injuries, and I think that right. has taken a toll on the body. Oh, without but a doubt. I, but I know, mean, and and AJ had injuries as but. well,
0: but I think AJ has, hasn't. AJ also didn't make his name by doing horrific things to his body in ladder matches yeah, and yeah. tables matches, whereas... Matt maybe didn't sustain a ton of injuries that way, but that it, it, it's like um, I can't remember if it's Austin or somebody says your bump card only has so many bumps on it. Yeah, he goes and then eventually you run out. and I, I feel like Matt is much closer to that number than AJ is at this point. Um, but again, I, I do think he'll be useful wherever he ends up. yeah, um up next, you know, one door closes, another one opens. It looks like WWE has officially signed Mercedes Martinez, who was a part of the May Young tournament. Uh, I'm really pleased to see her get a shot with them. I thought she showed up on AEW not that long ago, so I thought that was where she was going to end up. I thought maybe she was a little too old for WWE. They didn't want to. Yeah. They kind of already have the resident ass kicker type characters, you know, Shayna Baszler. I mean, they do technically have Ronda Rousey under contract. Um, you know, they, they've got some people like that. So I wasn't sure that Mercedes was ever going to get a real shot with them, but it looks like she is, and I think that's cool. That's awesome that she's going to get a shot, even if it's a limited thing. You know, even if it's yeah. not a super long term thing, if it's a year, two years, whatever, I think it's awesome she gets that chance because she is a true veteran in women's wrestling, and uh, she can only help the the division at this point help us grow, continue to evolve.
1: Well, I, I think I think it's the style too, um, you know, because that has definitely changed from you know like what it used to be. I yes, mean, I, I, and obviously, I think they have more of that physical style because like Shayna Baszler is a great, believable striker, and, and yes. Ron is, and, and I think that adds to me credibility to the division.
0: Yeah, Without a doubt. I think you're right about that. And the big difference here is finally what we're seeing, okay? I For the longest time, I felt like we were seeing, and I don't mean this to be mean. I do not at all. But this is how it came across for a long time with the women's division in WWE. It felt like we were seeing models who knew some wrestling moves. Now it feels like we're seeing wrestlers. Yeah. Because when you see wrestlers, they have their style. I couldn't, for the longest time, dude, I couldn't have point, pointed to, to a lot of these girls and told you what their style was. Like I told you some moves they do, but it's like out, all of them kind of did a generic style, and it wasn't really anything exciting. And I, you know there were exceptions to that rule. There was Trish Stratish, There was Mickey James. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you had there had was Beth Lita. Fe- yeah,
1: Beth Phoenix. Yeah, Beth Phoenix. Beth, there were exceptions to and the had rule, Natalia, but I mean, for all of them, scientific, but.
0: For all of them, you had the Bella Twins, you had – and I'm not knocking them. They worked their asses off to get as – to become as good as they they were. They they came a lot better. Um, You had the Bella Twins, you had Kelly Kelly, you had Tori Wilson, you had – I mean, the list goes on and on who were in matches that didn't need to be in matches. Um, And now you've got women who have legitimate styles. I look at a Mercedes Martinez, and I could tell you what – it's easier to tell a story if you're the commentator. And I say this from my experience doing commentary for wrestling. Um, it's easier to tell a story about somebody like Mercedes Martinez, the way she trains, her style of fighting. It makes it way easier for me to tell the story of the match than just, you know, Kelly Kelly versus Alicia Fox this week, which I'm going to tell you what they're doing, but, you know, maybe whatever storyline they're in as far as, you know, whatever drama, but... I couldn't. I can't really speak to the way they train, to the what the how they target things, yeah, how they yeah. you know Mercedes Martinez. I can do that. I could talk about what a fighter she is, and the same thing with Shayna Baszler. Same thing with I mean, and and I mean on with Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. And yeah,
1: yeah. They, you they can do that with them because now. Yeah. they want to wrestle. It's yes. not like they're they're wrestlers well, you're, you're first. You're a pretty lady, we're gonna put you in here, right? You know, you, you got a physique or whatever else. But, uh, and again,
0: I'm not meaning this to knock the women who came before them. WWE wanted a certain thing, and these women worked their asses off to, to try and yeah. build that role. This is a different thing now, and the, the, I, I enjoy the way they're being presented currently. So Mercedes Martinez, I think, is a great signing for them. Um, just a quick note here that I thought was kind of cool. Uh, AEW, uh, was, uh, they had a dark match for Austin Gunn, which is Billy Gunn's son. Yeah, and apparently, I guess it looks like they signed him, or they're going to sign him. Um, yeah, I think he, he's wrestling
1: again next week. I think. Yeah, he's he was, trial, it said so. his
0: uh, he had a successful tryout that was never intended to air, but you know, you hey, hey, if the kid did good, good for him. You know, yeah, it's nice yeah. to see. Up until this moment, didn't know Billy got out a kid, so there you didn't go. didn't know that either. <laughs> now I know. Is he his father's Mister Ass? So he yeah, would just uh, be Ass.
1: I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Our <laughs> Ass Junior. Ass <laughs> Junior. <laughs>
0: Oh, those jokes write themselves. Uh, Uh, And finally, just is just a minor note, but it looks like the Usos are coming back. Haven't yeah. seen them on TV in quite a while. They well, were on the, SmackDown last Friday. Yeah, well, I mean, to wrestle. They're going to be wrestling again. Yeah, uh, Corbin and Dolph. They're going to be, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're going to be actually in the ring taking on Dolph and Corbin, which would be kind of cool. Uh, it'll be, it's just, for me, Dolph and Corbin, whatever. But I, I'm I'm happy to see the Usos back.
1: Well, and, and then the fact that Corbin is not fighting Roman Reigns for the 20th week in a row. So. Uh,
0: but don't pretend like he's not involved because he's, it's the Usos.
1: Exactly, because it's, it's, it's family and yeah, we have dog I, food. And, uh, you
0: know, uh yeah. I'll steer away from that quickly. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, hey, a couple of things. Uh, yes. First, first, you mentioned AEW. Yes, I did. Um, okay. On, on Dynamite on Wednesday.
0: By the way, they did a really good rating this week. It was like, they uh, did. just shy of a million people. Yeah. Yeah. Which is up for them. Uh,
1: well, I think down from
0: last week, but up for them, uh, overall because they've been a little yeah. rougher recently. Uh, NXT had a really bad week against them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I don't know. I'd be curious what's going to be next week, only because. Uh, what What is this Nightmare Collective thing that AEW is doing?
0: Brother, I couldn't <laughs> tell you if I tried. I, I mean, you, you ruined rew-
1: you, a great match. That, um, oh, know, between
0: Chris Statlander and um, Riho uh, yeah. for the Women's Championship. And I, I kind of figured it was going to get flummoxed somehow because they're but, in the middle but, of the storyline with Statlander. But, but, and, but,
1: but in this way, is you're going to do it with, with
0: – Well, first of all, you've got Kong who – First of all, why did we change her look? I liked her old look. This yeah. one is – I don't like this at all. The gold pantsuit thing. I just mm, – No. Um, you've got Brandy Rhodes, I can't think of the other girl's name in the Nightmare Melanie Collective. Melanie Cruz. Thank you, Melanie Cruz. And Brandy, I'm sorry, Brandy, we saw her wrestle not good. No. Um, I, Kong, her best years are behind her. They teased in, her in and a, a, a match between her and Asia Kong, which which again, years behind, her best yeah, years yeah. are behind her, but that never came to fruition. Now we're in this Nightmare Collective thing that I don't understand. We're just attacking people and cutting off pieces of their hair. And then you've got Brandy who's up on commentary delivering really nonsensical stuff it's not none of it's tying together for me at all and then you add another person to the mix in the form of dr luther who's a japan japanese deathmatch wrestler oh, come on he's retired in at japan this japan point and, he's like you know, 58 years old yeah, or something like yeah. that he's retired i was like what is the point of this like these are the things to me that come across like bad tna that come yeah. across like bad wcw this is the stuff where i go what you know it, it, we're we're Luther, I'm sorry, and I don't mean this to be mean. I'm not knocking what the guy did is his, his legacy in Japan and everything. There is no need for him in two, in twenty twenty. No, there's no need for him in twenty twenty. Especially since they've already said that that's not really going to be their thing. They'll do some hardcore stuff, but they're not doing a. It's not going to be all blood and guts.
1: And no offense, but maybe in Japan he's well known. Nobody knew he was here. He had no reaction. Because yeah. like, a second, a I thought guy, maybe you know. it was Raven, because
0: nah. <laughs> he shaved. He got his head, you know, shaved at one point. And he, he looked a little different, and he, he's put on some weight and he's older. So I thought maybe it was Raven at, at first, and then I realized it wasn't, and I was like, oh, okay, well. And even Raven, I would have been like, really? But at least Raven could cut a promo, and Raven could be an interesting character based on you know the wrestling legacy in the states. But I just—it's not like Luther is going to carve out this new legacy for himself here in the, in the United States. Yeah, you know, it's, at this point in his career, he's just not.
1: I, when yeah, trying to bring—I mean, I know AEW's challenge is you know because every week they got the shows, you know, but then you got like Moxley and Jericho feuding, and I'm thinking like. You know, and I know Jericho fought somebody else. So it's like, okay, so you had a guy that was unfamiliar to a national audience more. So maybe they're like, well, we bring in Moxley, but, like, is it, like, too many of the well-known guys being in the higher spots? Yeah. Guys are in these groups are so like, well, they're known nationally. So maybe that's their idea. It's like, well, in the right. bigger picture, we have this. And then it's the lower card. Still too many dives on every show, by the way.
0: Uh, I might get behind <laughs> that, but, I mean, it's, it's- – is, that is what Th- it is, that, but right?
1: that's in every group. But for, for them, it's just it's still like, but yeah, Nightmare
0: Collective. I'm not big on that. That was the stinker part of the show for me. Uh, yeah. For that, because I mean, the rest of the show was good. But but um, but
1: that just there's factions everywhere because you got Jericho's group, then you got the other group that was attacking. Cody. Well, the
0: one benefit is that I mean, you got to remember, once upon a time when everybody
1: loved WWF in the Attitude Era, there was a million factions. Point, yeah, but now here's <sighs> the thing:
0: the one thing is that WWF has a lot of factions right now too, but they're spread out across like four shows. Yeah, so they have the benefit of that. Whereas AEW's got this one show, you know what I mean, and so you got the Nightmare Collective. You know what I'm fine with one faction in the female in the women's group. You've you've got the Inner Circle, okay, sure. You've got the Dark Order, okay, sure. You got SCU, who I guess you could call a faction. I think of them more as a tag team, like New Day, and you know, and I think of them more like that. Um, you've got, uh, I guess, MGF and who, whoever he's got with him. But I, again, is that a stable? Is it just kind? Of, yeah, I, a lot I, of it's I, ill-defined outside of a few major well, ones. Well,
1: I think it's. I don't mind like factions as long as there's certain groups together. But right. like when they're all attacking somebody and they're just doing it, and I'm, I'm like, you know, when Cody and that group got attacked, there's all these guys. Yeah. And I'm like okay, and then
0: and then there's. Just, I mean, technically, there's the elite as well, which yeah. is the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and uh, Cody. And I only leave out. Um, Uh, Heyman Page, because it seems like that's the storyline they're telling right now. And by the way, he's doing a lot of drinking recently. Um, Are we doing a drunk Scott Hall WCW storyline? Because we could just not.
1: Yeah. I I think I can speak for
0: everybody when I say we could just not do that storyline. Yeah. Um,
1: it, 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 by the way, Kenny Omega is. I'm, I'm sorry. I know. I know the love was high in this guy. Yeah. But like, I like, there's just no momentum. Like, I don't. No, like, there's
0: not. I. Th- but I think they finally realized that because for the last <laughs> for, the, for the last several weeks <laughs> well, he's been racking up wins because I feel like they have. They're like, okay, Kenny's lost enough. We have to start turning him around. The Bucks, the same story. They were they were putting over a lot of people and I mean they were winning some. Yeah, yeah. But they were putting over people as well and it's like, hey, dude, they these guys need to start feeling special.
1: And I'm confused because like, are they heels? Are they faces? And that's the thing with like you're trying to be heel but even like well, kenny's like a, a good heel, guy but, but he still gets booed or, or gets cheered i mean jerry cole are uh um, yeah
0: well yeah. Ken, kenny's a good guy yeah uh the bucks i don't know the but it's kind of i think of the bucks in that way and this is one of the things where uh jr has talked about this about how he and cody kind of disagree on 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 this at some points is that jr feels like you need black and white and I, I use that as an expression for the differences between you know as far as yeah. you, need, you need to be as clear as black and white no gray area right uh bad guys and good guys that's what you need, right? Uh, Cody is more along the lines of, it's it's 2019 at the time, but 2020 now, yeah. the wrestling world doesn't work that way anymore. People cheer heels and they boo baby faces. It's like you kind of just got to, you have to make it work for the crowd. And I'm like, I understand that to a degree. And they do that kind of with the Bucks. It's like whatever they need to do in that moment is what they're doing. But it, for me, makes it hard for me to care about you long-term. That only works for certain people. This is one of the things, and a lot of people want to argue with me about this, that this is one of the ways that I feel like Stone Cold Steve Austin ruined the wrestling business. Because he did a lot of things bad guys did. Yeah, He attacked women, he cursed, he attacked innocent people. He, I mean, he did things that would make him a villain. But he was portrayed as the lead babyface. And so but now... But it's
1: because he's the anti-hero, though. I
0: get that. I understand that. But he's portrayed as your top babyface. Yeah, he was. And so it was like... Well, I mean, really, when you point to the top babyface, this is the archetype. You know what I mean? This is what we're... we're my. This is how you... This is a babyface, you know? Well, no, it's not. And that's the thing. is, It's like... So that grayed the area between bad guy and good guy. And all of a sudden... You know, and that's the thing Austin started getting cheered while he was a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of and, and so it, they it, they it started do the muddying switch. the waters yeah. and now we're to this point where nobody gets cheered the right way and nobody gets booed the wrong the right way. Although Jericho and MJF are very good at turning the crowd. I'll give them credit for that. They're yeah, both very yeah. good at that. Because yeah. the crowds it, want to cheer them yeah. and then they they will sell they'll they'll flip it. But that leads me to my next point where we're talking about uh, Moxley's invitation to join the inner circle. Um, on this week's episode of uh, Dynamite, this is one of the other things I want to talk about. I thought it was very well done, um, in the sense that the crowd bought into the fact that Moxley had joined, and they did. They let it breathe long enough so that it seemed real.
1: Well, and I think what works with Moxley is that and maybe that's was why they're going this way because people are invested in. Him.
0: Yeah. Well, and he's another antihero. You got to remember, he, he's he, not he, a good guy.
1: No, no, he a guy. But I think, but he's a guy that people I think have always liked. Yes. Oh, for sure. You know, in the in the Dean Ambrose days, and because I was always a fan, and it's like, well, it just, even like he's the popular guy, even though yep. they never betrayed him as such. Yep. You know, they just we're going to have you do crazy things because you're the lunatic, and then now yeah. he's he can embrace yes. all this stuff.
0: And but I I feel like it worked very well because again, like you said, people invested in Moxley, people invested in Jericho. Yeah, and I feel like they did a good enough job of establishing the relationship between those two and the history between those two. Um, to where it seemed believable for a minute that Moxley had actually joined the group. And again, he made the decision, and then it wasn't immediately switched over. It was like they didn't just immediately move on. It was, right, it was they let it breathe. They were celebrating. They were drinking. The music started playing. It was like, oh, okay, all right, well, maybe, okay. You're thinking this might be, I guess he joined. Crowd started chanting, you sold out. Yeah. And it's like, okay, the crowd bought it. And then they were in hook, line, and sinker when he dropped him with the the paradigm shift, the DDT. So I was like, "Well done, segment. I enjoyed it. It adds heat to their their eventual matchup."
1: Would just hope whatever matches they have, are, you know, what was what was the House of not House of Horror? It won't be that. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. The it cage won't be match, that. which yes. like sounded so cool, and you're like, "I'm just going to wait for them to climb up there and get the weapon and then try to use it." So
0: yeah, no, it won't be that. Um, they may <laughs> make fun of that, but they they won't do that. Yeah. So uh, and then I, I Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. We we saw several things happen. One of the biggest ones being. Right at the top of the show, Brock, yeah, Brock, had, Brock Lesnar, yeah. Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar come out. Paul Heyman addresses the fact that there is no one man who can challenge Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. So he is entering the Royal Rumble as the number one entrant, and he will go on to win the Royal Rumble.
1: You know, I, I think – I mean, I'm kind of cool that like, he's doing number one. Yeah. Because you got to feel, okay, Brock's – he's, he's going to go wild. A
0: lot of people are going to be expecting him to make it through the whole thing because how Brock gets booked. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of people.
1: Uh, I I am curious, like who are, who are going to be like numbers like two through ten that are just going to be thrown? I think and tossed and then you know thrown out of the ring. I think what you
0: do is this is very similar to the to the Stone Cold Steve Austin one. Remember he yeah. was throwing people out and then he yeah. stood on the turnbuckle looking at his imaginary yeah. watch. Similar thing. I think whoever's in there is number two tossed immediately. Yeah. And Brock is just. Waiting, you know, is, and, you know,
1: is it, is it like Rallies? That Zach Ryder's just one of these guys that just, you know, you just know that's just going to
0: really. If you want to make it, you know, somewhat somewhat uh, interesting, you could make it somebody he can't toss right away. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, like Bronx, Brock's in there, convinced yeah. he's got this. He, but what I would do is hold that off. I would give him a few people in a row. That he just tosses and the crowd because yeah. the crowd's gonna boo. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely. watching Brock sit there. Yeah, I mean you take you boo. take something that they like, that's and uh, so you know. have Brock sitting there, you know, aha, you know, it's you know, he's he's just soaking it in yeah. because screw all of you. And then like entrant number five or six or something like that make it broad or something like that, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden Brock's face changes and he's like, Ooh, I can't just throw him out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's when the match starts to build in some and more people get in. Um, but it, it doesn't have to be Braun. It could be anybody you yeah, can portray yeah. that way. Braun, uh, Kane Velasquez, they could use. Yeah, like
1: imagine that Walter coming in or something. Walter, you know. <laughs> yeah, who hopefully will
0: look better than at Royal Rumble yeah, yeah, or uh, Survivor, Survivor Series. Seems, yeah. uh, Ray could show up with a pipe. Yeah, uh, something you know, and something along those lines. You know, to, to. But I feel like, do you have a pick for who will eliminate him? Because well, you know somebody's going to this is gonna this is how his match is gonna happen. Yeah,
1: well I am trying to think like who he hasn't fought. I mean obviously it's not Seth Rollins at this right point. Now. Um the only guy I can think of if it's not Samoa Joe is Kevin Owens.
0: Good picks. I like these. These are good yeah. picks. Here's the thing. He's on uh he, he's on SmackDown now. Roman? No. Brock. Isn't he? Or is he on no, Raw? He's Brock's on Raw. Why did I say he's yeah. on SmackDown? I don't even know why. Huh um wait is he on raw yeah he's on raw
1: well when he shows up yeah because he was on raw on monday that's when he made the yeah but he showed
0: up to make the announcement but yeah okay he is on raw you're right he took the smackdown championship i can't. i can't keep these damn championships straight dave that's right universal championship championship that's right went over to smackdown and now i'm so confused so i got myself all turned around here okay my pick remains the same (laughs) on the same effing show i got so turned around i'm so mad at myself um it's gonna be drew mcintyre they seem to be turning well, him a little bit. Well,
1: and they did kind of have a big, big, big match on Monday a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, kind of give him like a highlight, if you will. So. And
0: he was getting the crowd behind him. Yeah. He was getting the crowd to count down before he did the Claymore kick. And hey, anybody who beats up the Rose, uh, not Rosebuds, but the Rosebuds 2.0, they well, might as well was, be. It
1: was, um, yeah, and it was because uh, No Way Jose, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: The Conga line, anybody who beats up them <laughs> is a hero in my book. Yeah. <laughs> but he's starting to play a little more to the crowd and stuff like that. And I'm like, so, okay, are we going to start turning Drew? and then this is going to be Drew's face off with Brock Lesnar. Now my yeah. thing is this I'm fine with that, but I'm angry at WWE for not building up Drew better before this moment. Yeah. 2 yeah. weeks out from the Rumble yeah. or whatever it is, and we all of a sudden decide maybe we should start putting, you know, Drew on. Uh, uh,
1: you know what? I I I I, I'm gonna, I I can highly see that pick happening. I yeah. just because of what you just said and because of WWE logic, Cause it's like, oh, shoot, this is he, the guy that's going to do He's the so.
0: perfect guy to beat Brock Lesnar yeah. and to become champion. He and looks be good. Believable. He's got a great body. He's there every week. He's relatable. He's a good baby face. He did that in NXT, and he was great at it. Um,
1: it's it, just what they've done for the last, like, six months. Is it's it's awful. Yeah. yeah.
0: And he needs to – they needed to give him – this should have started a month ago, two months ago, yeah. to start getting people behind him so that when he shows up to face Brock the crowd pops, you know what I mean, and yeah. they may still just because the size, people love seeing the big dudes face to face. Yeah, and, and, but, and they haven't matched up before; they've been in the ring together. Right. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, and he's not a little dude that Brock can just intimidate. So I like that too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but he's also not thought of as a giant. He's yeah. just a guy who kind of physically is on Brock Lesnar's level.
1: Yeah, but because th- the thing is, like everybody's figuring, I guess it's Reigns versus uh, Bray Wyatt. I'm assuming for Ed Mania. That's
0: what yeah, people seem to be thinking.
1: Um. But I would I wouldn't mind Daniel Bryan versus Reigns at this point, but no, because, um, but but but, but is Drew the guy that's going to win the Rumble or is Drew the guy going to eliminate him and then you know Brock's going to just come in there and just you know be pissed off and f five everybody and get in Drew's face.
0: Or that's something. possible as well. Um, I would prefer Brock gets eliminated by Drew, yeah, and then Drew goes on to win the thing, and then it's you know because he has to make the ch- the choice about which champion he's going to face or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, before he can even make that choice, Brock attacks him and, like, Heyman delivers a promo. Like, there is no choice. You're facing Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Like, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. You want a WrestleMania moment? Brock Lesnar is going to give you your WrestleMania moment, you know, and it's going to look, while he's laying there, you know, it's going to look very similar to this one. You know what yeah. I mean? So, something along those lines. Because for me, th- that's a way to put heat on Brock again and get to that title match without, you know, with, with, while Drew also getting the accomplishment yeah. of winning the Rumble. You know what I mean? Because in the end result, because at the end, Drew may not win the title. You know, and he yeah. should, but he might not. But at, the, at least in this regard, he'd still have the accomplishment of yeah. having won the Rumble. It, Eliminating it, Brock Lesnar does nothing for him. No,
1: it, but but he is a guy that hasn't faced you know uh, hasn't faced Brock, right? right. And, and either, either is Owens, but I see it more as you know. I mean, Owens may be the guy that might carry it, but Drew may be the guy like stepping up if if, Owens, if they're going to put that if they're going to put it on Owens and Samoa Joe because they're guys you want to cheer. You just gotta treat him right.
0: No, hundred percent.
1: Uh but does Brock go the whole fifty minutes? Did he do some injury angle that he gets taken out? You know, does he you run outside the ring or whatever?
0: It wouldn't shock me if Brock comes down to the final two or three or but four. But is he gonna wrestle like the whole
1: hour? That's what I'm asking. Um,
0: he could. He could because it'll could. be it'll, they'll do what they do with everybody. He'll he'll lay down for a while, and someone will probably oh, put him like, to a, yeah, a table or something, or you know, and he'll yeah, pop back yeah. up at the end or whatever. Or heck, Brock may even at some point when it starts getting too chaotic, Brock may just get out of the ring and start walking around and start you know what I mean? Like, take take a seat, and just yeah, yeah and take whatever. a seat or whatever, and you know just because he'll just sit there and laugh while people are telling him to get back in the ring yeah, or something yeah. like that, and then he'll pounce when he sees a chance to start German suplexing people. I can yeah. see that happen easy. Yeah, yeah,
1: because I'm trying to figure out because it's like he's not going to go like now because even like when Reigns to that angle, it's like you're going to be number one, and then he was in there till the end, but the the, the but he laid
0: down for 20 minutes. He got beat up, and then he
1: walked away. Then he came back. They didn't carry him out, which would have made more sense because he's leaving. It's like where is he going? He hasn't been (laughs) eliminated. He shows back up, which just made it worse. Uh, The only thing and and Raw and it's been kind of like frustrating as as of late Mm -hmm. is like. I don't know what they're doing with, like, Becky Lynch, but, like, her promos, like, not in the ring are yeah. much better than, like, the promos that are going on in the ring. I don't, I don't know if it's because of – it's. Yeah, I mean, I thought, talk- I
0: thought her promo in the ring was good, too. It's just – it's – it's. I think not in the ring is set up a certain way, and it, there's a flow to it that you can't mimic uh, live maybe, because maybe it's that's just not going to work. Because yeah. it seems
1: more compassionate when she's talking about – yeah. when she's in the ring. And- well,
0: I also think when you're in the ring, it's different. When you're backstage, it's closed, it's – quieter it's you know what i mean when you're out there there's the fans reacting you're waiting for things you're you know you're waiting to hear certain reactions you're you're trying to milk the crowd for this milk the crowd for that you also can't hear yourself as well yeah that's true so i feel like i feel like sometimes when you're trying to do somber things it's easy to not have as much passion because you don't want to overdo it but at the same time i feel like sometimes you can pull it down too much yeah because you're just trying not to you're trying not to over you're trying not to do too much just so you can kind of hear yourself and, and you know, well, but at the yeah, same yeah, time, you're bringing it too low. Yeah.
1: How you're speaking and everything. I mean, I am yeah. looking forward to the match. I mean, I, yeah. thought, oh, the I build, thought the has the was really good. good. Yeah. The belt has been really good. Uh, the one thing, though, like we talk about that, you know, and like how they're building and then this other storyline that's been going on for a long time is, you know, they had the wedding last week and we're, we talked about it and, and and we didn't have it on the episode, but we're like, okay, well, they got Liv Morgan involved. Uh, so we're going to follow it up next week. I'm like, oh, they're going to have Liv explain it. And then you're like, oh, they're gonna, or not. And then they didn't do a damn thing.
0: It's the worst, Dave. It's, it, it, it's, it's the worst. You
1: know, and now they're like, oh, we're going to have a match next week. And then. Um,
0: and Liv is going to be in, in Rusev's corner, yeah, it looks yeah. like. And I'm just like, I uh, I just don't. I, I can't even begin to tell you how little I care about this. Apparently Vince McMahon loved it.
1: Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, it, it, he apparently numbers.
0: showed up to Raw just to see the wedding segment. Wow. Because he was that excited about it. He thought it was amazing. And I'm like, guys, this is what he thinks is good. Like, it's so bad. But but that
1: was like the bad stuff, like the Attitude Era.
0: Yes, that was the worst of the Attitude Era. Everybody says, I "I want the Attitude Era back. This was the Attitude Era. And don't argue with me that it was better in the Attitude Era.
1: It wasn't. It was just like this. It was garbage. I, I, I will say this. There was one moment, though, that... Where it's it's hard to like truly feel something in the storyline. Yeah. But the one moment where Lana was talking and then Bobby Lasher tell, Bobby Lashley tells her to shut up. Yes. And that was like, like you just kind of like felt that. Yes. Like like, like I mean, everything going on is annoying as the angle has been at times, and he just goes shut up. Yeah. And you're just like, oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but overall, I'm not a fan. I think I don't think they know what they're doing with this week to week. I think it is something they're they're booking on the fly, and it is. It, it's not making for good television. No. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it's getting ratings for them It is at it this is. point, it's, you know, it, but it, I it, just and, can't pretend it, to care.
1: It, it, and people are like, well, you got live Morgan doing this. It could have been, you know, uh, uh, Sonny Deville or whatever. Right. You know, they could have done that thing with Sonny last year with, um, with Mandy, with Mandy Rose and they didn't, uh, uh, you know, I I guess we we'll to see what they do with this. I mean, it's funny because they had the pictures together. I mm-hmm. I, I get a little credit for, you know, carrying the angle on social media. Yeah. Which some wrestlers do better than what the writers do with the show. No kidding. You know, Becky Lynch and some of those and some of the other ones were, I, you know, just doing it on social media because you can't get the story across in television. So I will give her credit for making that part better. But, man, they got to they yeah. fix the TV part. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, uh, one other story not related to Raw. Not related to RAW. Our AEW Sergeant Slaughter. Oh yeah, we forgot to talk about that. Yes. So he's being called out about uh, about that he had a military background, um, you know. But he always did that, like in these, like you know, these interviews that he used to do. Like, right? Yeah. yeah. He was in the Marine Corps from '66 to '73, but he started wrestling in AWA in 1972. People are calling him out on it, you know, and like. I know, like, when they had the Mountie in the WWE.
0: They're they're calling him out for, for not having a military background? For not background. having a
1: military background, but saying that he did. Um, I know when the Mountie wrestled in WWE, WWF, uh, Jacques Rougeau, when he wrestled in Canada, he couldn't wrestle as the Mountie because, you know, the Royal Mountie Canadian police mm-hmm. had a hard time with that. Uh, you know, but nobody's ever – apparently there were some letters that were sent in the 80s that were maybe ignored, but then
0: – Well, yeah, because it was the 80s. It was easier, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Is it's a world we live in now? That's a t- that's a sign. That's a sign yeah. of the change oh, of yeah, times yeah. and whatnot. Um, I, I, because I, it's not a joke. You don't stolen valor is a big deal. Like we get we get angry at other people who go out to bars and try and get free drinks by saying they were you know in the service and this that and the other thing. So it, it does it does bring up the argument. Is this something that I guess it would depend on? Here is the thing. It would depend on outside of the shows if he owned up to the fact he didn't have a career or not. Yeah, because if you're a character, we could say that about every movie, every every television show that features guys coming around. Sylvester Stallone was not some army special, you know, ranger. Blah blah blah, and it never happened. You know, Liam Neeson didn't have some special forces background before Taken. No. So look, again, I think it all depends on how he was outside of the character.
1: From what I see, but that's he, the problem. He never took advantage of it. You know, he wasn't out going. Oh, you served, send me, you know, buy me drinks right. or whatever. But else the he... argument
0: would be that he used it to get people into the building to buy to, to buy his merchandise, to yada yada yada. I mean, I yes, I. He, I know, guess it, it looks like it looks like it this way. Okay, if you're in the service and it bothers you, I can't say I blame you one bit. I can't say I blame you a little bit. I didn't serve. I can't make that argument. To those of us that didn't serve, I don't know that we get a vote. I, I think it's up to the people who served and how they feel about it because I, I can understand them being upset. Uh, and at the same time, I can think of some people off top of my head who would not care that yeah. I know that it served.
1: I, I mean, and for him, he's always been playing a character. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like, you know, you're Bob Remus, Bob. And, hey, well, Bob, when I was, you know, but it's it in Slaughter. It's almost like right. you're. You know, it's like you're interviewing Spider Man. Yeah. And so Spider Man's like, Well, yeah, I, I leaped this building, I, yeah. I did this
0: and Well, it's so- like it's like um the million dollar man. I hate to break it to you, he was not a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. He was he, you know <laughs> if
1: it took me, I'd give him money, so he said go buy a bunch of stuff. The ultimate
0: and- warrior was not endowed with powers yeah. from Mount Olympus or whatever the hell he came up <laughs> with that week. Uh, the Undertaker, um, not a real. Is not Undertaker. really a dead guy.
1: No, big boss or man a
0: mortician was, was was an actual cop. <laughs> an actual cop. <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, like it's, this goes man, on down the line. Yeah. Is <laughs> there's guys who have you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> who have done this, and it's it's and, he's, and he's not, was, and he's not the real... first person to take advantage of a military career. Okay. Yeah. You know, but the the thing is that a lot of other people actually had the career. So, I don't know. Again, I don't know that people like us get a vote on this. I think this is more up to how the people who, who serve and have served feel about this issue.
1: Yeah, I, I just looked at it as a guy that he's playing a character. You know, That's you know, kind of how I always you know, looked you know, at it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I that, never that, for a
0: second believed he was actually yeah, in the military. Yeah. I mean,
1: the only guy I think a wrestler that, I mean, there's been a few, like Lacey Evans is currently, yeah. uh, was Corporal Kirshner in the 80s. And they drew attention to that because that was like, we got a former you know military guy who had zero Wasn't that trainer?
0: And he was also a wrestler in yeah. WCW uh, Sarge.
1: Uh, Buddy Lee Parker.
0: Buddy Lee Parker. Did he have a service? What did he um,
1: serve? Or he played a cop. That was like his gimmick. I forget whose partner was, but uh, but that was yeah because uh, that's what uh, Bill Goldberg called him Sarge.
0: That's what everybody called which, him when, uh, he, when well, he came I on mean, TV at the time. His name but, was. But, but when was he Sarge. had the
1: um, um, which by the way, if you go to the network, if you haven't seen the interviews with uh, Bill Goldberg on it or the other take, you definitely check it out. His nickname was Sarge. Yeah, and uh,
0: I, there's nothing here about whether he served or not. No. Yeah. I'm going to guess no. Probably not. Yeah. That's my, it's my assumption. Yeah. Uh, the state, I don't know that the for state a fact.
1: State Patrol, that, that was their team. Yeah, that's right. Him and James all right. They, they were jobbers for a while, and then, uh, you know, they would win occasionally. And I think he had a uh, match with, um, I think he teamed up with, like, Cactus Jack. Like, it was one of those, like, p- like uh, battle ball things. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, he just got demolished by, like, Cactus Jack, even though they are teammates.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that happens. Yeah. Um.
1: He was once Ron the Leprechaun.
0: (laughs) That's unfortunate.
1: Oh, my gosh. Why?
0: Uh, There's a million bad names out there, Dave. We all know Uh, that. Yeah. Um, That's right. T.J. Opper. In any event. uh, uh, I can't say anything about him serving, so I'm going with no. In any event. uh, So, yeah, I I guess that's where it stands. I don't know how to feel about that, in all honesty. Um, So I'm not really going to offer much of an opinion on it. Yeah. But – in any event, we've talked about uh, Bobby Lashley. talked about Brock Lesnar. Cain Velasquez's name came up. What do all these guys have in common? MMA, and because this is believe it or not, quite the crossover there. CM yeah. Punk even tried his hand at it. I That's mean, right. this is a, Dave Batista, yeah. Jake Hager. All these guys have, have dipped their toes in that. That's right. uh, Bellator are uh,
1: you know, uh, yeah, know, groups. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, without a further ado, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk to the number one contender for the flyweight, the vacant flyweight championship in UFC, Joseph Benavidez. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us, and we're joined by a very special guest today. Flyweight, fly, white, flyweight, fly white, fly flyweight badass, <laughs> Joseph Benavidez. Thank you
2: so much for joining us, man. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you're here because UFC is coming to Norfolk for fight night, Yes. and uh, you're a part of a very, very big deal. It's going to be a flyweight title fight. Yes, sir. Since The title has now been vacated uh, between you and Diveson uh, Figueroa. Yes and that's I've tried really hard on that name by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think it's
2: <laughs> he doesn't matter he's not here. Oh, that, But yeah, uh, ooh, <laughs> we're good, ooh, we're good. Smacking these. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> Starting early. And it it's is. a hard name.
2: It's a hard name. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. Uh, the event, though, it's going to go on uh, Saturday, February 29th at the Chartway Arena. Uh, tickets on sale now, by the way, so make sure you go grab them while you can. But again, we have Joseph Benavides in here with us. This dude is a certified badass. Mm-hmm. He has been fighting for a long time. You're not, yes. like an, you're, you're not some rookie <laughs> who is just coming out of the, the woodwork. You've been fighting for a long time. You started out way back in the day. Uh, you got a real good start with uh, Team Alpha Male. Yes. Uh, How is that working with, I mean, Uriah Faber and his guys?
2: Um, Well, I I haven't been at Alpha Male in Sacramento for about five years now. Right. I train in Las Vegas now. Okay, so you went to Alpha Male and you moved out to Las Vegas after that? Yes, and now I uh, live and train out of Las Vegas. So, um, yeah, it's great. You know, um, doing it as long as I have, Um, you got to continue to evolve and switch it up. You know, just sometimes even just a change of scenery helps um, with everything, so um, yeah, I took the move to Vegas about five years ago after being in Sacramento for about ten. Right. So yeah, like I said, it's just uh its all part of the journey, you know. Um, always just um, adapting, getting new looks, um, and also it's just a great city uh, as a hub to be in Las Vegas with the company and everything as well.
1: And it's never cold there
2: either, right? I mean, most of the no, time. <laughs> it's not, no, it's it's a. It's always good weather. Yeah. Always good. Like been,
0: you, you came on one of the one days that it's cold here. Yeah, it's been. It's, oh, gonna, it be like, nice. it's gonna be like
2: seventy something degrees in like two days. But yeah, it seems <laughs> not bad. It seems not bad. I mean, cold in Vegas is like anything below seventy. Yeah. Oh you man, know. that's what. So yeah, we we're we're good.
1: Now I've been watching some of your fights. Have you, as your style changed over the years? Because you seem more of like a striking guy that like you just fast and you you know when you get your opponent down you pound some because you got I think the record for most knockouts in the flyweight division. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, I think you obviously change, you get better. Um, you can't do the things you maybe did when, when I was younger and, you know, making my debut in ten years. You know, you get obviously experience and some of this like fearlessness almost also weighs <laughs> off than like when you're, you know, twenty two years old and undefeated, like you don't know any better, you throw whatever the heck you can. You know, I think you get a little more precise and 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 a little more efficient as you get older, but that also comes with being able to be technical when you're technical, you can be efficient where, and when you're younger and athletic, sometimes you just, you know, you're, you're um, your goal is to overwhelm the people or outpace them or whatever. And I still think I push the, the cardio as well, but also the sport changes, you know, um, like the jujitsu changes, the ground game changes, what people try to accomplish on the ground, on the feet, um everything kind of changes so you got to adapt with it so yeah i mean my last few fights for instance like at, there was one point where i was submitting all guys black belts included who you know black belts are like the jujitsu black belts the yeah. grass grapplers submitting all those guys and my last three fights um two knockouts two bonus two um performance of the night bonuses mm-hmm. for the knockouts. So. You know, it's just like I said, it's all just waves in the journey has a lot to do with the opponents. And obviously the sport is always adapting and changing as well. The sports changed a lot. I mean, back in the day, you had guys that really did a lot of them did one thing and did it really
0: well. You guys who were wrestlers, Mm -hmm. you had guys who were boxers. But now you kind of have to be a little bit of everything yes these days to stay uh, really efficient so the title is now vacant the flyweight title because uh, henry cejudo vacated the title yeah uh you called him out a while ago i saw at least if this is accurate what i saw you called him out a while ago for holding up the division yes uh because really he was calling out fights with just about everybody but you <laughs> yeah which i thought was interesting because you've been the number one ranked flyweight for a while now and it seemed like he wanted to fight everybody
2: but the guy who yeah. beat him previously exactly yeah, that is was the crazy thing to me is, um, you know, there's only one guy out there that have beat you, but yet yeah, that's the only guy you're not talking about. So I honestly, since the beginning, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I always just took that as, you know, him not wanting to go back down, you know, once he won another belt in the other division and, you know, saw all this stuff and what he thought was maybe like dollar signs or I don't yeah. know, but also maybe just, you know, not cutting weight. I I kind of knew, so it's been a long process and I'm glad like, you know, we got it figured out because I, I kind of knew this was going to happen um, from the beginning. You know um, I've talked to Cejudo in person before I've talked to people close to him and I could just kind of tell it wasn't something, you know, he was into. And for me, you know, the fight doesn't matter. I already beat Cejudo. It's really up to him, right? you know, um, to come back and try to avenge a loss. So I was just like, I just don't want you dictating the rest of the division. Like things need to move on. Yeah. Like I yeah. don't care if I fight you or I fight Figueredo or whoever, but like you, you, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta push this thing ahead. So, um, you know, was always going in there and and expressing myself to the company and the powers that be, and you know, we got it done.
0: Do you think they need to stop doing the two belt thing? yeah like, uh, really it's it's kind of been ruined ever since Connor did it, yeah because then he didn't defend
2: anything no one does, and these guys get
0: two belts and then they sit they sit on them
2: yeah i i don't I don't like it I mean, I think a lot of the problem was that in general, I mean obviously Cejudo has his own problems and, um, <laughs> and he was also injured as well, right. so that made it a little different, but the double champ thing is just it's a it's a really hard. It's really hard to to it's always going to come to a point where it's holding up, mm-hmm. you know? And it's very cool for like the first month and the guy that does it, but then outside of that, you know, the web outside of it of guys that are held up and talent that is being kind of like stunted in a way right. is um is uh is is pretty tough and at the end of the day no one ever they end up vacating anyway. Right? Because the you division, can't do two divisions sometimes right. yet to do that. So Yeah, so uh, I think it's something that—I mean, it it wasn't done for the longest time for a reason because it just doesn't really work out logistically, you know, when you're trying to make fights in in separate divisions. So, you know, maybe it's something that'll go away with Well, I'm
1: going to call him Henry Two-Belts, but didn't he have, (laughs) like, some sort of, like, threat, I guess, from the UFC with his weight like a year or two ago with— was he because he was going between divisions or something? Was he just going to, like, maybe drop from a division— if he couldn't maintain certain weight or something
2: um this was actually a while back actually when he first got into the UFC he mm-hmm. he had some trouble um at flyweight and they basically i want to say maybe he missed weight or pulled out of a fight and they said listen like just stay at bantam weight you know don't go back but he went back. It was. Yeah. I don't think it, that was a, that was a, that ended up being an issue.
0: But So Huda doesn't matter now. Now um, it's Figueroa and Benavidez. Yes. These guys fighting for the title again. February twenty ninth, Saturday at the Chartway Arena. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be an awesome fight. What What do you you look across the 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 octagon and you see Figueroa? Figueroa. What's What's something that you're thinking? Like you're. I don't want to. I don't want to give away your game plan. Yeah. But what's something you really respect about his game that you know you have to watch out for?
2: Um. It's that's a hard question because you gotta just respect everybody. Like like you said earlier, like to be where you're at mm-hmm. at the top of the sport, you you have to be good at everything. Right. So when I look across at someone, especially in my division, um, everyone's good at everything. Yeah. And so it's almost the real trick is not going, hey, this is what he's good at, and okay. this is what you know I need to worry about. And it's really just like trying to erase him and make him just a blank thing, and focusing on what you're doing and your performance and stuff you can kind of execute. You know what I mean? Because um, yeah, just just taking away that name and taking away that face, it just makes it just makes it another day. It, it it makes it kind of just what you do and going out and performing. Then because at the end of the day, that's all you can really control. So there's already things embedded in me through camp that I'm gonna naturally do. Right. You know um subconsciously and stuff through training and finding openings and stuff but in there honestly i just i I just try to think about myself and and what i'm going to do and i know the guy in front of me is there for a reason because he's talented everywhere oh absolutely
0: and and uh, he like you said he wouldn't be there if he wasn't yeah but again I, I, you're the first fighter I've ever heard kind of bring that up in the sense that I'm not worried about the guy. Yeah, um, you know, you look at it as a whole because a lot of people will say, "Oh, they're a dangerous striker. Oh, they're dangerous yeah. on the mat." Yeah, but for you, it's you're worried about the objective yeah. in front of you, yes. and the objective is winning your first yeah. title.
2: And to me, all that stuff is—it's um, already said. Like, of course, he's a dangerous striker. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's fighting for a world title in the UFC. Of course, yeah, of course, he's good on the ground. Of course, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like he's trying to punch. Like, he's in the UFC. He can he can do all these things like right. that's like saying oh i want to go out there and uh and beat him up is like oh yeah well <laughs> you you're going to fight you know what i point, mean yeah. so <laughs> so yeah i take all those things of just like yeah of course he's going to be good at that you know right. but um but yeah but yeah going back to your question and um yeah i could look out there and and looking at it is just a, a it is my first title um that i'm looking to win but even that it's just you still look at it as another fight, you know. Um, I was just doing an interview in the car even where, you know, my first title fight, I was so obsessed with the object that was, like, the belt. And, right. like, that was all that mattered. And it was just this, like, imaginary thing that was going to make me, like, self-validated and make me, like, feel better about myself. And it was such, like, a selfish thing. Like, I just wanted to be the best. I want everyone to cheer for me and, like, hold up an, an object. But it's really not that, you know. I mean, it's cool. Like I was saying, it's it's like an extra line on my Wikipedia page that like proved that I was like really good at fighting. But like I know I'm good at fighting and people are always going to say I'm good at fighting. Yeah. So now, I mean, that's not what motivates me. Like I used to literally run on the treadmill and look at a belt. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that might not be healthy. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's different ways. It didn't work for me, like the obsession part of it. And like now, like... I literally just like when I imagine winning the belt, I imagine winning it for other people. Like, like I don't look at like I think about hugging my wife or something in the back and like embracing her. Not like I'm going to hold up the belt and everyone's going to like love me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get and it. Stuff like that. So the belt, like I said, it's great. And it proves you were really good at something. You were the best in the world for that night. But I'm like for the last 10 years, any given night, I was the best you know in the world that night so this is just something to symbolize it it's actually a nice piece of metal that I can have and show I was good like all that kind of stuff that, that goes with it and amongst other things I'm sure that it goes with you know being the champion of the UFC so yeah
1: do you think mentally like having been in championship fights before and, and your opponent has not does that maybe give you a, a mental advantage in some ways because you know how to as you just mentioned your preparations yeah
2: different. I mean I, I definitely think so and that just goes with experience you know i'm uh, I'm more experienced than him this happens to be a championship experience is a, is a huge one you know but the fights the experience I have I mean I'm a huge believer in all that paying off like you know you just through training through preparation through time through experience through the journey you gain just little tiny advantages you know that help you like nothing's guaranteed you still only have a chance to go win that night but all those little things help that chance that's the idea look okay so, you're my pick for this fight. I'm just going to tell you right Beautiful. now ahead
0: of time. So, uh, after you win, because I'm going to address it that way. Yes. Um, so, so, we both win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, after you win, uh, I, I wanted to make sure. I was like, I'm, you're going to have to come back and talk to us again after you win, yeah. or at least call us or something and tell That'd us how great. it feels at that point. Because yeah. I really want to get that feeling from you.
2: Yeah, and that's what I'm chasing. Like, I don't, like, it's the moment, you know? Yeah. Like, there's all these things, and like, that'll be something forever, like, being the champion in that. But, like, that moment only mm-hmm. happens right there. So, I'll love to discuss that and obviously feel that when it does happen, but it's something you can't you can't talk about it until it happens, you know? It's very true. Yeah. I understand that. So I don't know what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> well, I don't either, but again, it's February 29th, Saturday, the Chartway Arena, UFC fight night. It's in Norfolk. It's going to be a badass show. you got to be there. Again, our boy Joseph Benavides in the yes. main event taking on Divis and for the the flyweight title. It's going to be awesome. As well on there, you got two, uh, the co main event, you've got Zara Farron and Felicia Spencer trying to make a name for themselves, trying to really not a main name, but get some momentum going towards a title shot of their own. That's what they're looking to do. It's going to be an awesome time. Tickets on sale right Right now, make sure you're there. You're not going to miss this event.
2: Do you have anything to tell them about if they've never been to a UFC event, why they should be there? I mean, it's it's a fight. It's one of the best sporting events you can possibly go to. Like, there's nothing like a good fight night. Even when I have the day off and I'm going as a fan with yeah. the day off, and I'm just there and the energy is just it's unbelievable. I'm always just like, God, I love this. I, like, dance <laughs> all the way out to my seat. And, like, I'm still cheering and, like, filming every single time. You know, one of my peers is walking out who like I know, but I'm just like, oh, yeah, like filming an Instagram video of him or something. So there's honestly just nothing like it, especially live. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's the fight game. I mean, who doesn't right. want to watch a fight? You know, you go to a baseball game, but if a fight breaks out, you're going to watch that fight. Like go watch it in an arena, you know, with the people that do it professionally, um, you know, and the best in the world. And if you're listening to this now, you know, me and, you know, go uh, watch me fight, win a world title that night here in uh, Norfolk.
0: And trust me, I'll be obnoxious about it because a friend of mine and I <laughs> are planning on going, and I'm going to be, I know that guy! Yeah. I know him! <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Again, Saturday, February 29th, Chartway Arena, UFC Fight Night in Norfolk. It's going to be awesome. Tickets on sale now. Get them before they're gone. Thank you so much for joining
1: us, no, Joe. Thank Appreciate you. it, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Great guy.
0: Great guy. Really, really, you know. what? Sometimes you're never sure how these guys are going to be to talk to, but he's—he he's, was a really easy guy to talk to. I really appreciate. Yeah,
1: that. I, w- I watched a lot of his stuff before. Yeah, because like, sometimes you're never sure. Yeah, um, you know, because we do guys on the phones and they're playing video games as we're talking to him. And this guy was focused. He came in and.
0: I also appreciated – I mean, with UFC people in the room, I appreciated his his genuine answer on the – if they needed to stop doing the people winning two belts Yeah, uh, yeah. and whatnot. I appreciated his genuine answer. I,
1: I had to I had, – I mean, not, he never got the reference when I said Henry two belts, but, uh, That's, had yeah. to, you know, that, that was an inside thing I just had to say.
0: What's funny, though, is if you ask Henry, Henry won't call himself that. Henry Cejudo, he, he calls himself uh, Triple C because ah. he was an Olympic champion and he also won two belts in the UFC. So he calls himself Triple C. <laughs> um, but in any event – uh, great guy. Great, yeah. Awesome to talk to. I'm pulling for him at UFC Fight Night.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's the kind of guy when he comes in and does get an interviewed, it's like, you know what? I'm going to get behind this guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. good card, by the way. That's, yes. That's coming town.
0: So that's it. Uh, that's episode 130. Make sure you're here next row. Next week is next week, the preview. Uh, preview, preview. Uh, right? The preview, preview next week of Royal Rumble because that's a thing we do here is yeah. preview, previews, <laughs> which generally do better than the previews yeah, on our numbers. Yeah, crazy. It's I weird. don't understand it. I don't either. In any event, <laughs> <laughs> so make sure uh, you stay tuned to us dot uh, Facebook.com slash ESPR99, on the Twitter at ESPR99, and email us ESPR at FM99.com. And uh, again, find us on all your major podcasting apps. Just search ESPR Wrestling. Subscribe, give us a five-star rating and a review. Until next week, remember to eat, sleep, podcast, and... Repeat.